There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. It's time for a healthy dose of According to the Castles, the show where we talk about marriage, family, faith, health, nutrition, fitness, and so much more. And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining myself, Amy. What up? This fine Thursday morning. It's so gorgeous outside. It was chilly this morning. I know. I love this time of year when the weather starts to change. And it's funny because here in Texas, it's like all the ladies instantly get the the boots and the scarves and it's really not that cold. But this is like summertime for people up north. <laughs> yeah, I can wear a button up flannel now. Yeah. So I'm excited today because we're going to talk about some things that I've been very interested in. What is that? You're <laughs> interested in everything. I am interested in a lot of things. Well, okay, we just started, so something new, we just started a garden and it took two weekends to build. We had the garden built. We haven't started planning yet. Well, we had the garden built, yes, but it's been something that we have attempted to do many times <laughs> in the past. We've had a community garden in our first neighborhood where we did, well, how many times did we plant? I think we did three seasons. We did a couple springs. We did one fall. Yeah. And two springs. So you're going to have a spring garden, a fall garden, a summer garden. And we didn't have a summer garden. Well, I got roasted. Well, yes. But by the middle of the summer, I mean, it's done. It's just too hot. But there are some things that are still in the ground that are pr still pretty good. I mean, watermelon that grows late into the summer. Yeah, we had a lot of watermelon. We got like nine or 10. The first time that we started growing watermelon and I realized that I actually am <laughs> capable of growing watermelon is because we were actually hiding chickens in the side. Okay, oh well, you know what? Let me just back up here. I've always had this, you know, underlying like deep rooted desire to be like this wannabe homesteader. Good Lord. This wannabe homesteader. And we lived in a neighborhood where... I said, hey, this, this side yard is perfect for chickens. And Trey said, no. And when we say side yard, it's like eight feet wide by 20 feet long. It's like a it's side perfect. pen. It was perfect for chickens. Okay. So one day- In when, a residential gated neighborhood. So one day Trey goes out of town and I go anyway and get some chickens. Because if you tell me no, I'm just going to want to do it more. <laughs> So he told me no for the longest time. And when he went out of town, I went and picked up chickens and I got a coop and I just got it all set up so that he couldn't. You didn't it. have it all set up. The oh. chicken coop was in the box. Oh, yeah. 
but I had the chickens. You had the chickens with no coop. Yeah. And I come home to a chicken coop in a box with four chickens. I'm like, what in the Sam hell is going on? So we had these chickens for a long time. And one of the things that they really liked was watermelon. So I would throw out some watermelon. I thought it was them. just a big old bag of seed that we'd sprinkle on the ground. No, no, no. That Okay. The watermelon was a treat. The watermelon uh, was a treat. So yes, right, I did feed right. them their chicken feed, but I also had watermelon. Well, those watermelon <laughs> seeds ended up growing into these massive watermelon vines. Well, that was after the chickens got decapitated. Yes. We come home one day to a slaughter. The it, chickens had their heads popped off probably from the possums or the raccoons. And one was drug out into the field with a, it looks like a fox mauled it and like, all right, chickens are gone. And I thought that it was the neighbors. Like I thought literally the neighbors found out that I had chickens and they came <laughs> off and ripped the head off my chickens and then tossed them in the yard for punishment. And I was like, what kind of sick joke is this? And then, oh, and then Trey sends me a picture and I'm in the line at Chick-fil-A and I just got my grilled chicken wrap <laughs> and I'm like going to take a big bite of my grilled chicken wrap. And, and then I look down and there's a picture of decapitated disgusting chickens. Well, the kids named them. So they were the pets. And I was like, oh pretty gosh, this morbid is, situation. This is this. I, I don't, I, maybe I might go back, back vegetarian for a little while. It's so nasty. They were definitely murdered. But we started growing the, that watermelon. And that's, that's, we how. did not start growing. Okay. So five months later, all those seeds and everything, cause that was an area where the water came through and it kind of flooded back there. They just started growing. It we was, had corn stock that was freaking Six foot high. Yeah, it was a corn stalk. And, and then we had eight or nine huge watermelons growing back there because we just left it. But you know what? We grew watermelon and we killed By accident. By accident. We've killed literally everything. We grow, we try to grow. You know what? At least we try. At least we try. But now we have a big garden and we've got to plant all of our things because if the world ends, we need to have a garden. Did you just say if the world ends? <laughs> okay. I... Feel like, We're in prepper mode right now. No, I feel like I grew up with my grandmother always having a garden. And this is on my dad's side. My grandma, Ellie Elwood, she always had a garden and they grew up during the Great Depression. I remember they had two or three freezers just full of food and a ton of canned goods wow. and things that she canned. So they were really big in canning. So I've got this one grandmother that always was prepared. And the thing is, is that it's not just about what's happening with the, the food supply chain or, or deliveries or stuff like that. But it's also, you know, what happens if there's the power out or a loss of job or what happens if there's a hurricane? We'll have our watermelon. We will, we will not. I'm playing. We'll hey, my grandfather was a farmer. He grew up on 70 acres in Trinity and he was a farmer. He farmed those 70 acres and provided groceries, produce to Safeway and the farmer's market in Dallas. And that's how he had his career for 30 years. And he made a good living and ended up getting a ranch and a, a lake house. And that's where we vacationed off of farming. So it's in my blood too. So, so do you, do you, are there's you, turnip greens and collard greens. Do you know how you're going to, do you know how to grow stuff? Hell no. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting a garden and I'm going to, I'm going to introduce her whenever she answers the phone, but I'm going to go ahead and call Miss Peggy here. Okay. Who's Miss Peggy? Okay. I'm about to tell you. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and get our headphones on and call Miss Peggy. So hopefully she'll answer. It's uh, 745 AM in we're California. Waking, we're waking her up. Huh? I met Peggy 
through Facebook. Hmm. And I met her because there was some sort of, God, I don't know if there was a live video or something. And I saw this woman post or comment and I liked what she had to say. It was very spiritual. It was philosophical. It was correct. It was beautiful. And I really liked it. So I friend requested her and I wrote her a message and said, Hey, I friend requested you because I really liked what you had to say. And as I've gotten to know Peggy, I've noticed that she is really in line with a lot of the same beliefs that I have, not only spiritually, but also in health. And this woman takes things to a whole other level when it comes to gardening and natural health. She knows how to do things at the cheapest level, uh, you know, on a dime. And, you know, I live in a world where things cost a lot of money. You know, the next big product is that's for your health is super expensive, but I would love to teach people better ways that they can improve their health without having to spend so much money because things are extremely expensive. Agreed. The other thing is that she is really, really great at preparing and canning food and having a food supply for, you know, hard times. So I believe she lives in Northern California because I've seen pictures and it was snowing a lot on her property. So I believe that that's something that she has to be prepared for is to not be able to get out. Like she, she may not be able to go to the grocery store. So one of the things that I asked her, I said, Hey, I really want to call and I want to talk to you about two things. I want to talk to you about diatomaceous earth mm-hmm. and the benefits of it, not only just for your garden, but also for your health. Like the food grade or the yeah, stuff food- you put on the ground? Well, the food grade mm. diatomaceous earth is actually one that you can put on the ground. So it's one and the same. It's dirt cheap. And yeah, it's really, really good. Hey, Peggy. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm awesome. So I was just introducing my husband and the audience to you and just kind of saying how we met. And I don't know if you remember, but I just saw one of your comments one time and I thought it was beautiful what you wrote. And I wrote you a message and said, hey, a friend requested you because I really liked your comment and I want to be your friend. (laughs) <laughs> and how here we are right. about two years later. I know. That's really a small world where life brings you. Absolutely. So I'm going to get right into it. You have talked a lot about diatomaceous earth. And my husband and I on our podcast, we've talked a lot about sugar. We've talked about candida overgrowth. We've talked a lot about stress. So those, yeah. those have been a perfect segue into diatomaceous earth. And one of the things that I just said in our world of health and wellness, there's always that new expensive product that comes out and, you know, most people just can't afford it. But diatomaceous earth is something so good, but absolutely dirt cheap. I mean, it's a fraction of pennies, a fraction. Yeah. So tell us about diatomaceous earth and why someone would want to start using it and what it is. Well, it's in a, a very fine powder, and what that powder is called diatoms, which are like a skeletal remains plankton that's in the water. It's a really, it's, it's an, a very old thing, and it's just part of the earth, and stuff that's called diatomaceous earth, so diatom earth, and it's 
made up of different minerals. And before I, I, while I'm finding this picture so I can tell you what the different minerals are that makes up the diatomaceous earth, you know, we are lacking vitamins and minerals terribly. And it's not just, you know, you or me or that person or the next person. It's the entire world, really. Of course, different regions like, you know, China and Asia, they have a little more iodine than we do here because they eat a lot more seaweed and, you know, kelp and things of that nature. So with that being said, we are all very, very depleted of minerals. You know, years ago, they used to use diatomaceous earth. Well, they still, they, they, there's still a lot of products that, that they do use some diatomaceous earth, but they might use the silica in, you've, you've heard of the silica little, those little packets that come inside the vitamin bottle, you know, mm-hmm. the little tiny packet that feels like it's a little, like they're little grain, grainy, you know, things that are in a little bag that help remove moisture. Yes. Well, diatomaceous earth, that's, that's, Silica. So there's a there's a mineral of that in the diatomaceous earth, which is silica. Now, silica is the key. Silica is a very important mineral. There are other minerals in the diatomaceous earth, but the silica is really the main the main thing that our body needs. All form all form of life needs silica. In order to survive, isn't isn't the the lack of silica in our soil what uh, doesn't give our produce what it used to have before it was over Ab- overgrown? Absolutely, absolutely. You know the modernization of growing our food. You know, first uh, at first it was mom and pop uh, farms or you know, that type of thing. And and when we grow our plants, you know, when we even grow our own gardens and things of that nature, not always are things overgrown. There's, you know, some gaps in there in our garden where in between the plants. Well, today they will do it so close together in order to be able to utilize the most to maximize their ground and so for the yield. And so it's over, it's overgrown. And then they spray it with poison, which kills, you know, the, the life in the soil and things of that nature. So the soil itself is not only depleted, I mean, it's gone, it's dead. And that is the reason they have to put liquid fertilizers on, on the ground. They put tons and tons of poison to kill the weeds. And that's why they invented the GMO seed because you can drown it with weed poisoning to kill all the weeds out, you know, that us home gardeners suffer with sometimes, life in itself. But it'll grow the plant that won't die from the poison. So that's kind of, you know, Frankenstein, if you will. Yeah. The minerals that can that makes up the diatomaceous earth is magnesium, calcium, sodium, silica, iron, 
And then there are trace minerals of manganese, zirconium, titanium, copper, and boron. And you may think like titanium and copper, what? You know, well, our body actually has, we even have gold in our system. You know, it's kind of interesting when you really think about what Mm. makes up the human body. It's earth. You know, it really gives you the, it really gives, it brings the Bible to life on really, you know, a lot of people don't believe in the Bible or they're going, no, I don't think it's true. But when you, when you dissect really the body, I mean, we even have salt water. We're made from the ocean. We're made from the ground. We have elements of gold. We even have arsenic. We have there. We have all kinds of things make up the human body. Of course, too much causes a problem, but too little also causes a problem too. So the, the and silica is from every form of disease is from a lack of silica. So so silica then in in that regard would be more like the it feeds the immune system. It keeps the body healthy. That's correct. That's correct. It, you know, keeps in it balance. in balance. Yeah. Yeah. So how would yeah. someone start to take or start to use diatomaceous earth? And they would get a food grade version. And do you have a favorite brand? Yes. I, I have just the, the diatomaceous earth brand. Okay. Um, I, get mine, I get mine through Amazon because it's convenient for me. But you can get it at your local tractor supply store. Nice. Isn't that amazing? I mean, Love it's it. like... Yeah, tractor supplies around here turn it into kind of a one-stop shop. I know. There's yeah. been a lot of things yeah. that tractor supply people have been going to pick up and that they've been out of stock on. People are waking up and getting smart. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, I mean, even even the internet itself, you know, used to have a lot of really wonderful information on herbs and things of that nature. I mean, I used to live on, I mean, the last almost 30 years, I used to live on getting information from the internet and, and more and more the information is disappearing and you can't get the good information like I used to get from the internet a long time ago. And diatomaceous earth is another one of those things. There will power. be people, yes, there will be articles that says, oh, no, you should not ever take it. Oh, you should not. You know, it's funny because they'll have it and they'll say, oh, yes, it's okay. You know, the same list of things, they'll say, no, it's hazardous for people or you shouldn't take it, but then it's okay to give it to your animals. So speaking of giving it or utilizing it, what would be the, the dosage or the application that somebody would take? And is it daily? Is it, is it in a liquid form that you can powder it up? Or how do, you, how do you use it? Okay, well, you start slow. Diatomaceous earth is one of those things that more is not better to start. You have to start slowly. And that is the dosage would be for people would be one-eighth, very small amount, for whether it's for children or teenagers or adults, you start at one-eighth of a teaspoon, 
And you take that for about two to three weeks. You could even take it for a month at that dosage every day. Uh, It's better with food, and we'll get into the reason why. You can take it on an empty stomach is fine, but it is better with food, and there's a reason behind that. So before I get to that... And you mix uh, that with water. And you can mix it with water. You can mix it with food. You know, for those, let's say for your children or whatever the case may be to get little kids, because it does taste like dirt, if you will. I mean, it doesn't have a a taste of dirt, but it has a texture, like, you know, sort of a chalky, slippery clay kind Mm. of, yeah. So if you take uh, take too much, is it cleaning you out quick? Yeah, if you do it too much, you'll, you'll, you'll get a (laughs) detox. Symptom, yes. A detox and, symptom. Uh, now, in the beginning, when I first started it, I did not have any guidance. I, I don't recall. Well, I, I'll, 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 I'll back that up in a minute. But I didn't have any real guidance at the time when I first started taking it. And now I belong to a Facebook Dietomatious Earth group. You had to learn the hard uh, way, huh? Is, yeah, well, yeah, actually, I, I did. And at the time, I didn't realize what it was that what I was kind of going through. Because at the time, I had gotten several, quite a few loads of the wood chips. And I broke out and I was, I broke out in a terrible rash. I mean, for like four days. And I didn't know at the time that that was actually a detox symptom until, you know, later down the road. And then someone said something, and I went, oh, that's what it must have been. You know, but it was it was really bad. I mean, I was wishing for death on the second day. Like <laughs> a detox <laughs> of, symptom of a from a candida symptom? Yeah, it was a detox symptom. So, But at the time, I started with whole teaspoon because on the bag, oh, on the bag, yeah, a whole teaspoon. When I'm telling you, an eighth of a teaspoon. Okay, <laughs> that is the normal. That is the going rate. Is an eighth of a teaspoon to start out, so that you don't get what's called a herx, H-E-R-X symptom. And that's just another fancy name for detox, if you will. Sounds like and Hercules so, detox. You know, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! It 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 was. But so one eighth of a teaspoon. Really, you should have no trouble with that, anybody. And, you know, not to scare you, but it's, it's, you know, it's something that our body requires. Now, even if you start juicing or you change your diet into a cleaner diet, you're going to experience some type of a detox because our body, you know, our body can't handle good food or pure, you know, healthier aspect we're, we're too used to eating mcdonald's or starbucks mm. or processed refined sugars and and things of that nature which our body wants to have in order to keep the bacteria and parasites alive so those, now a lot of people don't like to talk about that yes so those bacteria and the parasites we're basically feeding them and then it's almost like they become controlling of our own brain and our taste buds and our cravings they almost kind of take over in a way it sounds like oh absolutely without 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 saying that is that is an absolute truth 
And until you starve them off and say, no, I'm in control. I want, I don't want to feed you anymore. You're done. You're out of here. You quit feeding them what they want, which is the processed foods, the, the processed carbohydrates, the sugars, the liquid sugars, the Cokes and the alcohols and the terrible vinegars that, um, that, that it likes, they're just going to keep on proliferating and, and multiplying and multiplying and controlling you more and more. And then next thing you know, you're that waking up feeling terrible. So you cut all those things out as quickly or as, you know, as, as, as consistent as possible. And during the process, you can take diatomaceous earth, uh, starting with the one eighth of a tablespoon or a teaspoon, one eighth of a teaspoon hmm. with yes. some water, uh, with food or not for at least two to three weeks, if you want to a month, and then you can up the dose. And what do you up the dose to? The same amount, one eighth of a teaspoon each time. Oh, so you just increment up to one eighth of a teaspoon. Yeah. Okay. Every two to three weeks. Well, Every two to three weeks. So and some people some people can't handle, let's say, doing up it upping it in in two weeks. So, you know, you can do it for like even a month. I, I, I to give to give like a a good reminder, let's say you started on November first. Okay. So that means that, you know, on just as a good memory yourself it's like oh it's december 1st i need to increase oh Mm -hmm. it's january 1st you see what i'm saying so i i a lot of times would recommend each month you know you you do it for a month and then that that way it really gives your body the opportunity to be able to handle that mineral increase all right i'm confused you do it once a month consistently or you do it for a month Take off. No, he, that's just when you go up on your dose. No, you do it consistently for the rest of your life. Oh, you do an eighth every month. No, 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 no. And okay, yeah. so Break the whole the whole month of November, for example, you would take an uh-huh. eighth an eighth of a teaspoon okay. of diatomaceous earth and every water day. every day, and then in December, yeah. you've already acclimated to that one eighth of a teaspoon. Now you're going to have two eighths of a teaspoons until you get to which what? is a quarter of a teaspoon. Oh, right. Now, but until you get uh, for to children, what, what do you like, level off? Right. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, so, sorry. like, for rivers age, for children, mm-hmm. for children, I would recommend that you can go up to, now, it really all depends if they have health issues or not. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I would say uh, for a good main, maintenance river, children can, you know, take a, a, a teaspoon every day. So even, even a teaspoon, when you really think about that little teaspoon you know, you level it off. That's not even very much uh, of the powder either. Mm-hmm. But a teaspoon is good for, for, for little children. Now, your teenagers, I would say they can go up to a tablespoon. Okay. Now, adults, us adults, we generally have more wrong with us than children do. Mm-hmm. And the adults, a, a, a maintenance dose for adults, like a maintenance dose, would be it could be two to three tablespoons. I I take five tablespoons a day. I don't have anything wrong with me. How long did it but, take you to get there? Uh, about three years. To five, okay. Uh huh. And what was your yeah. Facebook group that you were recommending? It's it's called it's Diet There's two on there, but I prefer one over the other, okay. actually. And there's also another a guy that is on that group. Let me get it for you here. There's another guy on that group. His name is Neil Daly, 
and he knows everything there is to know about diatomaceous earth. He's been taking it for 14 years, and he had a lot of health issues originally, and he ended up taking, for several years, he took seven tablespoons a day. You really have to get up to about seven if you have some health, really severe health issues in order to completely take them away. Wow. But yeah. then you can go back to that maintenance of one tablespoon per day. So the whole reason that we got on the diatomaceous earth is because I had actually posted about Evan wearing out and getting tired. Doesn't it seem like to you that yeah. he, like, he gets tired a lot? He, he's not eating properly. He's having sugar drops. He's having everything is just out of balance. He gets dehydrated quickly. And it's so funny because the, the foods that I buy are healthy foods but within balance. So, you know, I may buy him some sprouted whole grain bread or something, but if you're going to eat too much of it, that's not great. Or, it's or not the home food. It's when well, we're out of rhythm and he's eating out and doing all the other stuff. Yeah, that's true. But I, I stated that he naturally gravitates wanting to go more carby and he's tired a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's falling asleep in class. And I will say this, he is full energy. The kid bounces when he walks. He literally bounces. He's so happy. He's so happy. He's so joyful. And he bounces when he walks. And I don't know. So it's hard to tell whether he's just like, go, go, go crash. Or if he shouldn't be crashing, I don't know. But sometimes I do feel like my energy <laughs> outlasts his. And right. he had sent me a message stating that we needed to get him started on diatomaceous earth. And other people on the text thread said, you know, get his, this test done and that test done and get him minerals and get him vitamins and all that kind of stuff. And he does have a multivitamin that he's not consistent with, but the diatomaceous earth really spoke to me because I remember you talking about how it kills off that candida. And I don't, I don't really know how it kills off the candida, but it also helps with minerals. So that makes sense why you stated this. So this is something that we're definitely going to do. And I did do it on Avery years ago, but I didn't stick with it. I contacted you by message because I didn't really want to get into, you know, anything private out there in the open, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And that way, you know, I, I could talk to you sort of behind the scenes, if you will, from from that article, because again, because a lot of people don't like to talk about parasites or bad bacteria or that type of thing. It is definitely a subject that has to be talked about mm -hmm. because there's so many people that suffer with it. And again, this is because of we have fast foods and we have tons of, of sugars and, you know, candy even is not the same. Now, when you were talking about, you know, that your family eats healthy, now, oddly enough, yesterday, I happened to doing dishes and I was listening to something and, you know, there's how a commercial will come on in between videos. And it was really quite interesting because he, the guy, the doctor was talking about the food today compared to the food in the 60s. And it was so fitting to listen to that because I knew that I was going to be talking to you today. And that is it's definitely right up the alley as far as the subject matter, because 
our food, the even the healthy food, you, you're getting organic vegetables and things of that nature, which I do too, but even that is not very healthy. Still lacks all the minerals um, and course, everything from the soil. Right. It, it's not. This doctor was, I'm sure you've heard of him, that's Dr. Gandry, I think his name is or something. Mm-hmm. And he'll talk about like lectins and he'll talk about different foods uh, that can affect your body and things of that what nature. Well, this was a completely different, you know, infomercial, if you will. And he was saying that in compare, and I've heard this before, where the food in the 60s, like when I was growing up as a kid, and people, you know, back in the 60s, the vegetables that were for sale on the shelves at grocery stores, which this is just going to blow your mind, was way healthier than the food is today. And that's because in the 80s, that's really when they started the GMOs and they started, you know, putting the poisons on the food and things of that nature. And you have to eat 100 carrots to get the equivalent of nutrition as one carrot in the wow. 60s. I believe it. I believe okay. it. The soil's gone. I mean, it's just you can't replenish yeah. what it had in it with the mass production that's being done for farming. My, that's right. My, my grandfather was a farmer and he did 70 acres and it, it wasn't a mass production. He, he was able to have one grocery store. He provided produce for that grocery store in the farmer's market. And that's how they did it in those small little areas. It was Grand Prairie, Texas. So he was one of the that's producers right. for that small town. So this is, that's right. this is why we just, and I'm going to say invested. We spent a lot of money <laughs> to invest. We're going, with? we're going with investment. It is. We invested a, it, lot, it is an investment. a lot of money to build a very nice garden. It is 26 feet by 36 or 20, uh, 26 by 33. It's 26 by 33. And it has four large beds in it. And then all around the edging of it are flower beds as well so that we could plant medicinal herbs and things like that. But great. It is wood is not is, is, is expensive. It's not cheap. And you know, no. we paid a, a really, really great carpenter to do the work and a wonderful garden designer. And it is an investment. And, you know, you could look at it in many different ways. Somebody could say, well, how much did you spend on that garden? I mean, it was 3500 just in materials alone. Well, right. but if I have to eat one carrot to equal the 100 carrots that I would have to eat at the grocery store, then it actually pays for itself rather quickly. So it's a, right. it's a really great thing. And, and we do have to actually go soon, but I did want to say, and I would love to talk more about this in the, in the future. And I would love to have you on again, because you're so knowledgeable and I appreciate all the time that you've taken when you've commented on my posts or send me a message. You've, you've really helped me more than, you know, but Aww. I just, I love it. And, and I, I would actually really love to meet you sometime. But I, I want to grow the the vegetables in the garden and be able to preserve them. And I want to be able to grow the herbs and be able to preserve those. So we'll definitely have to come back because I know you do a ton of canning and you I do. prepare and it's smart to do. It's, you know, we had the Great Depression. We have equal loss of job. We have hurricanes. We have supply chain issues. There's a lot of things that could happen yeah. that leave us vulnerable. And many people yeah. think, oh, if you if you have a, a closet full of food, then you're you're in fear and you're 
a prepper and you're a conspiracy theorist and all these things. But I could say the same thing about a savings account. If you have a savings account and be like, well, what? Are you living in fear? Why do you have a savings account? You could say the same thing. A savings account of money is no different than having a savings account of food. The great thing is, is that your food is already there. You don't have to worry about going out and getting it. And it's there anytime you need it. So canning canning is huge. And I know you actually opened my eyes to when I thought of canning, I was thinking jams and jellies. And I'm like, most yeah, people... Yeah, I don't even make... I, I very seldom even do that. Not to mention, you know, just a, a little side note there, that when you look at or look up or buy a book on canning, and it is actually, to me, it was very mortifying because the recipe would call for five to seven cups of sugar huh. in a batch of of jam, and we're talking one cup of fruit to one cup of sugar. Now, when I think about that, I say, okay, this is what I want you to do. Okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a cup of strawberries, okay, and I want you to put it in a bowl, and then I want you to pour one cup of sugar on top of that, and I want you to give it to your kids. It would be terrible. Okay. You're not going to do it. You're going to say, uh, no. Right. Well, then why are you doing it when you're making jam? Why are you doing it when you're making jam? Well, you opened my eyes to canning in different ways. And I remember because you were making a big batch of soup and you were taking the soup and you put it in your mason jars and then you canned them and then you put them on your shelf for a rainy day. I never eat canned soup ever because it contains so much sodium and I don't want, uh, usually it's junk ingredients and, or it contains the wheat and the gluten or it has MSG or something like that. So I never eat canned soups, but sometimes I wish that I would be, that I could be easier and, and have something that was convenient like that, that I didn't have to keep up within my freezer because when I load up my freezer full of stuff, I lose it and I forget about it. And then the the sticker that I put on there for the date rubs off. And, you know, we've got a ton of yeah. deer meat and stuff like that in there. But with the soups and stuff like that, it's just, you know, they all, then they freeze together and it's just a big mess. But if you right. have a closet that you have, that you have dedicated towards your food storage, you could have beautiful soups. And if you just make, if you double your pot of soup, then you take, you eat, part of it and then you take the rest and then you can mm-hmm. it and you have your beautiful mm-hmm. mason jars you put your date on it with the name and you stick it on the shelf and then when you're ready to eat it right you just open it up and boom it's That's ready it. heat it up yeah heat it up on the pan now when i use when i when i you know i used to make soup and then i would freeze it or i would make a big pot of tomato sauce you know pasta sauce and i'd freeze it in, in portions or i would grow my my different squashes, butternut, and, and the like. And then I would cook it and then portion it in two cup servings, like if I want to make a pie or something, and I would freeze it. Well, when I moved to Susanville, California, I moved here at the end, you know, in summertime at the end of July. And then the first winter came rolling around. Of course, there's snow and things like that. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I moved to California. I didn't realize it was going to snow here. And because I'm very northeastern, and it snowed, 
And what do you think happened? The electricity went up. I have an electric stove, for one, and now I have no electricity. And it was off for three days. Mm. Now, I was like, you've got to be kidding. Never in my 60, you know, well, actually, I wasn't 60 at the time, but five years ago, this is five years ago. And I thought to myself, never, never in my life have I ever, you know, gone more than a couple of hours without having electricity. I have never experienced no electricity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't have a generator and that type of thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be joking. Well, of course, everything in my freezer sucks. And I was like, oh, gosh. So luckily, there was snow on the ground, and it was really cold outside. So, of course, I had to pack everything in an ice chest with the snow and uh, a tote to put everything in there. And then, of course, when the electricity finally came back on, I was able to cook up everything. And then I put it back in the freezer, but it was already cooked, like in meals, if you will. Uh huh. Yeah. And I thought to myself, at that time, when I was in the three days, now I also luckily have a wood stove. And so I decided I was going to try my hand at cooking up the blueberries and making a jam in a pot on the wood stove. And I had happened to have some little tiny jars, like really small ones, and to put the blueberry now made jam and I could water bath it in a pot with water and I put like a, you know, a towel at the bottom because you cannot put the jars just in the pot. It has to be on a tray or mm -hmm. in a, you know, little rack or something. And so I tried my hand at water bath canning on my wood stove. Okay. Wow. You know, they did it in the olden days. I can, I'll try it here. It was my first experience of canning with the water bath canning was a little blueberry jam because, you know, my blueberries were thawing out. And, so I thought, well, I got to do something with them. And so I did that. And then, of course, I made my own homemade yogurt at the time and then was able to enjoy the yogurt with the blueberry, if you will. So that was really, that was kind of my first experience. Well, that that point, I decided I am going to learn how to can because I cannot trust the freezer. Right. What are you going to do? With all of your freeze, you know, a lot of people have a, have a deep freezer. You know, they, they're, they're like, I'm going to prepare, I'm going to prep, but I'm going to put everything in the freezer. Well, we would have been able to put it in the snow. What are you going to do? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But what, what if you have a power outage in December? Yeah. Or when it's, there's no snow yet and it's really not cold enough, what are you going to do? If you don't have a generator, what are you going to do? Solar. With all of that. <laughs> you have a community heat. block party. Well, if you don't, not everybody has solar. So that, yeah, that is definitely, that is definitely the case. I mean, of course, I know that we can certainly talk forever on all of these subjects. But, you know, I, I'm going to pull the conversation back a little bit. And I wanted to answer a question that you had about going back to the diatomaceous earth area in regards to the bacteria and the, the parasites in the body. The, the diatomaceous earth, how it works to kill the candida, you had stated that question, Amy. Mm -hmm. And it's because what happens is, is that 
heavy metals. It also pulls heavy metals out of the body as well. And, you know, not only are we bombarded with bad bacteria, yeast overgrowth from sugars and things, but we're all, we also have parasites. If you have animals, you have parasites. A lot of people say, oh, I don't have parasites. Yes, you do. And, and, and that's just a fact. And heavy metals. Well, diatomaceous earth has a negative charge because we're electrical. It has a negative charge and parasites and heavy metals have a positive charge. The negative, when, when you take in the diatomaceous earth, the body's own electrical system charges up the diatomaceous earth, much like you're rubbing a, a, a balloon on your hair and it then your hair stands up and is attracted to the balloon because you've created an electrical charge. So the bad bacteria, the candida, everything that is positively charged, the, the heavy metal, is then electrically drawn to the diatomaceous earth. And the diatomaceous earth latches on to those things, and then it takes it into your waste. It also helps clean your arteries. It helps remove that built-up waste that is on your colon and in your intestines. It's like a magnet that goes in and grabs uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. That is correct. And so it helps. It helps clean you out. The problem with our body is that we have too much bad gut bacteria, which causes that that imbalance. You can look up a video on YouTube called 21 Symptoms of Parasites. And, you know, you're going to find that tiredness, depression, anxiety, all of these different things are because we have parasites in our body. If you, if you tend to, I want to eat bread, I want to eat carbs. I want to eat those sugary treats. Just got to have them. You're finding yourself buying a lot of those sugary things because your body's craving it. It's because the, the bacteria and the parasites tap into our brain. We think that we want it. It's not us that wants it. They do dictate to your brain. They dictate to your brain. And all the additives and the chemicals in your life and in your food and your cleaning products and all of those things also add to, you know, the, I'm going to just say it what it is, the filthiness with that's within the system that, you know, keeps these things alive. They do have control over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a fact. You know, we think that we're in control. We are not in control. And when you start to kill them off, when they start to die and they start, they start actually giving you those detox symptoms or they start fighting you in this happens, even if you're juicing or whatever, you go through this, this few days, sometimes a week or two period of time where they're going to do everything in their power to stay alive. Little bastard. So, so one eighth of and a teaspoon gonna... of diatomaceous earth is like an antidepressant, a cholesterol pill, a heart medication, yeah. Adderall. That is correct. You're, it'll replace all of that. You're totally yeah. really upsetting the that, FDA right now. 
<laughs> well, I, you know what? And well, you know what? And years ago, I used, I used to be called, now this is how old I was. I, my, my name at the time was Herb Lady 39. Nice. I, I was 39. It. I'm now 62. Okay. So this is how long I've been actually doing herbs Looking and you. things of that nature. I, awesome. cla- I classify myself as an herbalist. I classify myself as an herbalist, even though I am not a licensed, certified herbalist. And my thought process is, why do I have to have a piece of paper on my wall? You have life experience it, for that. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, I have, I have knowledge. I have 25 years of, of taking them, using them, studying them, growing them. Well, you know, we're gonna I have, have to my get knowledge. You back on no one can, for sure. Because yeah. you are a plethora. No of one can. No one can take away that knowledge. I don't need Absolutely. a piece of paper yeah. that tells me that I am what I am. And you know, I have a mission in life where I've been. I used to be on the, you know, the AOL, the old-fashioned, you know, dial-up oh, yeah. AOL programming, nice. and I was the one of the main herbalists that started a group called Under Special Interest category on the old AOL programming. And it was called Health Holistic. It was a group called Health Holistic. That's awesome. Uh, under the special interest, you know, group. And I kid you not, I used to pretty much be online like 15 hours a day. And, it. but it was, it was in this group. It was in this group. I compiled information. I had notebooks filled with email addresses. And then I would go through all of these, my, my, you know, like that day's writing down their email address and what was wrong with them, you know, whether they had depression, whether they had cholesterol, high blood pressure, whatever it was. And I would then send emails, like a block of email of to everybody who had that problem. I would then send documentation that I wrote and I compiled it from six or seven books. I would have six or seven different books on in on the subject. And I would compile the paper and then I would type it all into a, a Word document and then I would send that Word document out to these emails. And no, they didn't like it. And I did get tagged by uh, the government, if you will, <laughs> and put me in hiding for a long time. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, they, they shut me down. Yeah, they shut me down there. And they didn't like the fact that, you know, I was talking down about pharmaceutical company and, you know, the, the chemicals and what that does to you and all of this stuff. But I had to stop for years. I had to stop. And so, but I still didn't, you know, I didn't stop talking about it to people I, I met or in, in the health food store or whatever the case is, but it is something that I do because God gave that to me. Mm-hmm. I don't charge for it. You know, my sister used to say, oh my gosh, I don't know why you don't charge. I don't know why you don't do podcasts and then, you know, and so that you can get paid. And it's like, I don't want to get paid. I want to give this freely because God gave this to me freely. That's awesome. He, You know, he gave me that desire to do it. That's, and that's you know, yeah, I'll talk about God. Ways. I don't, I don't care about if people don't like it or not. That's how I feel in 
It's part of why yeah. it's part of why we want to do this podcast so that we can just inspire others. And, you know, I may not have all the answers and I may not have the time to work with everybody individually, but maybe I can plant the seed where somebody will say, okay, I'm going to go reach out to the herbalist or homeopath or naturopath right. doctor, you know, in my area to, to work with me, you know, that's kind of, kind of a part of our goal. So, yep. well, thank you so much right, Peggy, right. for working or for calling oh, you're in welcome. And, and talking today and giving us such great information. You're welcome. And like I said, you know, it, it is something that you certainly talk on even more in-depthly. There's a lot of uh, a lot of information. I'll send you a document of a little bit of information that I had, you know, kind of wrote to talk about today, which a lot of what I wrote didn't get talked about. But it, it's okay because there's so much information that, yeah, again, sure. you, can, you can have, oh my gosh, a hundred shows. You can have a hundred podcasts on all of these subjects you know, whether it's the diatomaceous earth, whether it's, you know, you know, healing the body with diatomaceous earth and all of the things. There's another, a really good article you can look up, 31 evidence-backed health benefits of diatomaceous earth. And I'll send you the pictures of the 31 bullet points. Okay. Yes, uh, that would be perfect. Uh, of that too. Um, I'll also send you the, the picture of the dosage amount that you should be giving your animals animals have problems too and especially with you know the dog food today that's not that great you know whether it's uh cancer in animals or their joints arthritis things of that nature the animals and and parasites they should all be taking it all all the animals whether you have chickens or livestock or you know house pets they should all be taking diatomaceous earth in their food and because again, it's for life. You can use it in your garden. Do do a nice uh, liberal amount when you're preparing your soil for next year uh, for your garden. Add that in. Add in as hey, Pe- Peggy, I, I, ha- I hate to interrupt you, sweetie. We we are we are out of time, and so we're going to have to cut this oh, okay. off. No uh, but we have all the information to start sending the audience to great. these locations, and we just mm-hmm. we okay, really appreciate you coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you right, so well, much, Peggy. You yes, you too. Me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We'll talk All to right, you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome. That was so clear on the call. That was actually through Facebook uh, Messenger too. It is so different with this. You can hear everything on the table. All right. Well, Man, thank y'all so is, much. She is for, awesome. I know. She's she's so sweet and has so much of a such a great message and lots of good information. Well, thank y'all so much for listening today, and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really 
actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com.